before we begin today's show. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. And a reminder that the WNBA is back in action this weekend. The women are playing at the IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. And if you want to get yourself geared up for Saturday when Sabrina Ionescu's New York Liberty take on Sue Bird and Brianna Stewart and the Seattle Storm, I suggest you check out Wednesday's episode of the ESPN Daily with LaChina Robinson, who previews the shortened 2020 WNBA season with Pablo Torre. That's the ESPN Daily, which you can check out anywhere you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we are doing on Wednesday evening, is when we're recording this, with Jackie McMullen, who's in New England. Not in Boston, in New England. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Brian. You're such a sleuth. <laughs> you I are a, a sleuth. I got a, yeah, I got a phone call today, from, or yesterday, from a number I didn't recognize, and it was you. It was me. That's right. Now I know. Uh, Joining us from Texas, or he's always in Texas, even when he's not in Texas, he's representing Texas, is Band McMahon. Howdy, partners. So we got basketball today. It was, um, I actually, I thought (laughs) I had extremely low expectations for the level of play. And, um, some of the teams that played off the bat were, were down a bunch of players. Um, and even having said that, uh, I have to say it wasn't that bad. Um, I have some hope about this because I think it's going to be sloppy in the early going. Basketball is like pizza. Even when it's bad, you know, kind of bad, it's still pretty good. Hmm, I don't know if I 100% agree with that. But right now, that is absolutely true. Um, the Clippers today, Jackie, played with 10 players. And look, it's the first scrimmage. We are uh, a week from their first game. Um, we are three weeks from playoff games. We are probably four weeks from them having to be, you know, in full power order. But they had 10 guys today, and um, several starters uh, are not with them. And, okay, it matters in four weeks, but this is a team that hasn't had a chance to play together at all, all season, really. They just right. finally got some got some rhythm before the shutdown. They played their best basketball. Uh, where are you with the Clippers with concern about whether they can, can get this going? Well, I, you know, it's funny you ask this because early on the concern was all about the Lakers. You were wondering if Dwight Howard was going to go, you were wondering if Avery Bradley was going to go and he didn't. And then Rondo gets hurt. And then there's talk about Caruso having a wedding, so many things. And you're thinking, wow, the, the, the Lakers are one of the hardest hit teams. And, I, and then you say, isn't it amazing how no one on the Milwaukee Bucks is being affected? And then, boom, all of a sudden, Eric Bledsoe says he's, he's positive for COVID. And then Pat Connaughton says he is. 
And so then you say, okay, good. Well, I guess it's the Clippers of the, the big three, because I do consider them the big three, that have seemed to have emerged from this somewhat unscathed. And then they lose, you know, I think, two of the most important guys on their team in Beverly and Montrez Harrell, because they're the grit of that team. They're the heart and soul of that team. And, uh, and I do think it matters for them because of what, you know, I mean, I think it wasn't Kawhi just talking about how it was training camp, except for it's training camp without some really important missing pieces. And I, I have concern for all of these teams in terms of continuity. Zubas is watching from home too, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, I think we can kind of read between the lines on that one, but Kawhi is healthy. Paul George is healthy. Montrez Harrell and Pat Beverly will be back, you know, whether it's before the eight game scene schedule or not, they're not, I mean, the seed is completely irrelevant. They're going to be the two seed. The, the eight game seeding schedule for the Clippers is, is a glorified preseason. It's a, it's a tune up period. As long as they have those guys for most of that, or even half of that, I still think they're one of the three with legit shots to win the thing. And I don't know. I'm not going to, I, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal, to be honest with you. You don't think it's a big of a deal, though, because the whole thing about the Clippers was having time together on the floor and building chemistry. Do you not I mean, put much look, weight into that? Would, would, would that be nice? Sure. But you just mentioned the Lakers, okay, who they've got, you know, one starting guard who's not going to show up, one who's out for, you know, who knows? I mean, what Rondo could be back deep into the playoffs. Yeah, I said uh, six to eight weeks. This, right. You know, Dwight yeah. Howard is Dwight Howard is is doing Dwight stuff all of a sudden after, you know, being a a quiet non distraction all year long. Now he wants to do all kinds of IG lives about anti mask this and vaccines are irrelevant. I mean, he's just being doofus Dwight all of a sudden. Um, the, you know, you just mentioned the Bucks. They don't have their starting point guard because of coronavirus. You know, Pat Compton's a rotation player. He's he's not there yet. I mean, we can talk about the Rockets. They had their their two superstars. Harden missed, you know, what five days. Russ right. just was able to practice. I mean, so my point is, we can go on down the list of teams that, and I'm throwing the Rockets in there just because obviously they have talent. But if you go down the list of contenders, and everybody's got something. So I think one of the things is we just don't know. So I agree with you on its face. Ultimately, for the games that matter, if you got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, you're going to be in great shape. That's the thing that's built on. What we don't know is in this particular one-off moment, how to judge continuity. Because one of the things that I have noticed is, if you know, you just mentioned a whole bunch of things. If you go down the West, Lakers, Missing some guys, some new players. Clippers missing some guys. Nuggets, I think have twelve Nuggets guys. Nuggets don't there. have any guards. They're like the, decimated. Yeah, they're the, decimated. We'll talk. We're going to talk about Bull Bull. They threw out the 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 anti Rockets lineup today. Yeah, they they had they started started the, one of the biggest five seven footers. <laughs> yeah, uh, they started. Uh, they started Nikola Jokic at guard. Guard. Um, I love. We'll talk it. about that. Minute, but the Nuggets arrived with eight players. Um, they tried like hell to hide how many players they had for a long time. But eventually the cat had to come out of the bag. Um, they have, I think, 12 players now. I think Michael Porter Jr. was reported by the Denver Post as being on his way. Um, 
but they only played with eight in their scrimmage today uh, with one guard. That was Troy Daniels. Uh, the Utah Jazz um, lost their third best player, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> Tim, you've written at long length and great depth about um, uh, the, you know, potential things with their stars. We'll see how that goes. Right. And uh, immediately, they, though, they have to replace an efficient 20 point per game score. That's not exactly an easy for task. For sure. For sure. Right. Uh, we just talked about the Rockets. Their two best players are coming off. Long absences. I'm sure they'll be fine, but they're off long absences. The point I'm trying to make here is we've got some shake. And then let me bring up, a, I'm going to bring up a team in the East in a second, but let me bring up a team in the West. The Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm. Okay. Zero positive tests. Uh, we had some questions about some guys. Uh, like what, you know, where was Gallinari's head? Uh, Danilo Gallinari's head. He comes back and goes, oh, no. I've been preparing. For, I'm always going to play. I don't care about my free agency. I'm going to play hard. You've got Chris Paul, who's a man on a mission. You've got Steven Adams coming in and saying, hey, uh, we're not in Syria, guys. We're at a freaking resort. Stop complaining. Right. Now, look, I'm not going to sit here and say that their talent. Uh, by the way, I've talked to some people with the Thunder, and they are raving about Shea Gilgis-Alexander. They say that he's taken even another step during this this layoff. And Andre Roberson, who's had multiple issues with his knee, that horrible injury that he had, you know, coming on, you know, a year and a half ago, he's, I think, going to be able to get some minutes. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm going to build a case that they're going to, like, shock the world. But I'm just telling you, that team has continuity and, from what I can tell, is really focused. And how much is that going to matter? It may not matter. We we may be sitting here in a month and going, well— you know, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are pretty damn good. You know, LeBron and, and AD are pretty damn good. But it may matter, right? And, and and let me also just add that since January 1st, so we're talking about a, a 30-plus stre- game stretch of the, of the season, the Thunder went 22-9. and nine. The teams with a better record than them during that stretch, Lakers, Bucks, Raptors, that's it. The Thunder oh. played elite basketball for a major, major chunk of the schedule going into the, uh, the hiatus. So, and they're the best closing team. Just when you talk about cojones factor, you know, clutch closing out games oh, with yeah. that three guard lineup where Schroeder's in there with CP three and Shea Gilgis Alexander. Schroeder's been great for them. Yeah. He's yeah. been great. He's a legit six man candidate. CP three running the show down the stretch. They are the best clutch team in basketball this season by a pretty wide statistical margin. All right. You just mentioned another team, the Raptors of Toronto, the defending champions holding on to that trophy longer than any defending champion in history. I believe <laughs> there you go. Uh, guess who else has had zero positive tests and has been together now for a month. And is the second best closing team in basketball. I was going to say there. And, yeah, and they go. have a veteran team. And they got guys on that team who are unaffected. Kyle Lowry doesn't give a bleep. Serge Ibaka doesn't give a bleep. Pascal Siakam. Gasol. And their coach is a guy, okay, who has a long history of Winning under crazy circumstances. He's, you know, he's won in like six different leagues. I mean, he, Nick Nurse likes to tell a story about when he was coaching in Belgium and they had to, 
you know, there's different divisions of Belgium and they were the top team. And what you would do when you played like a lower division team is you'd have to give them points. He's, he talked about how they would have to go on the road to like a high school gym and start the game down 30 points. Um, you know, and, and if you lost, you were, it was, it was considered a, a, a complete embarrassment because you lost to a team two to two or three divisions down. Like my again, favorite, uh, my favorite Nick nurse story is when he was coaching in, in England, I think it was, and he was too young to drive the team van. So his starting center had to drive the van because <laughs> he was too young. That's my favorite. That, that was before he had his own logo. I'm guessing. Yeah. He's yes. got his, he's got his own logo. Um, He's got a book coming out too. He's got a book coming out too. I want to read about all that stuff. I don't know what's in that book, but I'm just going to say, okay. I'm not saying he's got to pull out a little bit of fairy dust and throw it out there. And all of a sudden, number two, Kawhi Leonard's going to be back. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, what does continuity mean? We have the Clippers and and we have the the other side here. and, And the Raptors, you know, Look, they had more. I don't know if this is statistically a fact, but it just seems like they dealt with more injuries than any of the, you know, call, I'm going to call them an elite team. They're on a 60 win pace. They're the defending champions. I'm, I think that qualifies as elite. Even I think Kawhi's so. on, on They're the, the number two seed. They got the third best record in the league. Right. They yeah, had no, more injuries. Elite. I mean, all of their guys missed stretches, some of them like major stretches of the season. Yeah. They now did. they're all, they're all healthy and Nick Nurse, look series to series, game to game, even quarter to quarter. I think he might be the best defensive game plan slash adjustment coach in the league, and he will throw. Look, I was I covered a game up there this season where he threw the full court press of the Mavericks down thirty late in the third quarter. The Raptors came back and won the game. He'll throw out triangle into you know you can call it a Harry Locks High School one. stuff, but yeah. But he'll, he's not afraid to throw anything at you. And we saw last year he made – well, he – his game plan along with some great defensive personnel made life really difficult on Giannis in the playoffs. Yeah, Agreed. so I'm – I you know, I just – I've been talking about those two teams a lot, watch them come out and play eggs, but I'm just – I, I, I'm, I see how they are just operating differently. And we talked about um, on the last pod – over the weekend, just how the Raptors have like got, they've done, they've been over backwards and had every idea possible to try to make their situation there as home as home as possible. But um, I don't know what it means, but uh, we'll see. Um, so in the first series of scrimmages, um, you know, some of the games are still going on right now. We're not seeing them, but um, so the Nuggets today played with A players. They started Bol Bol, who is Manupal's son, uh, seven foot two. He went to Oregon, but had a terrible injury, um, broke the navicular bone in his foot, which is one of the scariest injuries you can have for a big man. It has ended careers, uh, Yao Ming's career, for example. Other players have had it break multiple times and recovered and moved on from it. Brooke Lopez. Um, Ilgauskas. Is one of those? Right. Is Yeah, I think one of the Gasol brothers might have broken it. Um, well, uh, uh, Embiid, Embiid broke the navicular right. bone Mul- multiple times, I believe. So yeah. it's something you get very worried about. And, um, he was regarded, um, at one time as a top five or eight talent, mm-hmm. um, because of the foot injury slid way in the draft all the way back. Some teams passed on him twice in the second round alone. Well, there was um, other reasons for that too. 
there are other reasons for that. There was attitude issues with Bull Bull. That's one of the other reasons. You know, you slip out of the first round because of your injury, but you slip in the second round because people aren't convinced you're serious about wanting to be a great NBA player. Fair. So the Nuggets, after drafting him, I think at 44, um, they only signed him to a two-way contract, and he spent the whole year rehabbing. I don't even know if he played in the G League, to be honest with you. Um, So... there's been a little bit of chatter about him from the Nuggets, but but part of the reason there's been chatter about him is because all their players were back in Denver <laughs> um, for various reasons. Um, uh, some of them have admitted why and some of them have not, but, um, you know, do whatever you want to do with that. Um, and, you know, Mike Malone was joking, like, you know, we may start him at small forward, we may play him at point guard, and you're like, what are you talking about? Well, I don't know if he'll replicate it. It may be the highlight of his career it may be the beginning guys he was amazing today he was fun to watch amazing he was fun uh he blocked he i don't remember how many minutes he played but he he blocked six shots he had 16 points or 15 points and 10 rebounds um but beyond those stats he would there, there were times where he would block a shot run the court and beat everybody. There was one time where he blocked a shot through an outlet pass, beat everybody down the court for a dunk. Another time he blocked a shot, went down the court, dribbled it himself, brought it up the floor, pulled up for a three. Another time he got a loose ball off a rebound, pushed the tempo, drove the basket and threw the ball uh, to finish a fast break for an assist. Um, you know, stick figure, not very much like his father, a little bit shorter, but built very much like his father, Jackie. Um, my gosh, it was just, uh, <laughs> it was amazing. You know, I've never seen him play before. I didn't see him right. in, in high school. Uh, I didn't, he didn't play. I don't, I don't think he ever played at Oregon. If he did, I never saw him. I was like, wow, wow, wow. Right. But you see, to me, this is, it's just a cautionary tale of, of how many talented players there are out there and how much of it is a opportunity and B your reputation. And I think he had his opportunity here because these players are out and he did it. Now what happens next? Cause we, there's a lot of people who have these great days, these great, you know, one great day game, two great games. Consistency is what keeps you in the league. And uh, I sound like an old, old you know, fuddy dad, I guess, but I've seen, you know, I've been in the league watching this league almost, almost 40 years, God help me. And you see this sometimes and you just hope that they can grab hold of it and, and, and stay hold of it and do what they need to do to stay in the league and be consistent enough to get a chance to play. Because and, and- there's so much talent out there. Like, you know, Javante Green, when early in last year in preseason, when the Celtics had some injuries and people sitting out, he was doing these. You're like, oh my gosh, these dunks! He was making these great Remember plays. Remember Carson Edwards yeah. in the uh, in the summer yeah, last year? Exactly. So you, I always root for guys. I always root for the young guys, but I, I root for them to to not get swept away by like a moment like this, but to understand that if you put the work in and you do what your coaches ask and and you establish some form of consistency, then you have a chance to make it. And I always root for him. And this really isn't that different than a guy who has a 
you know, really kind of flashes in a summer league game. I mean, look. Yeah, it was like a summer league game. Let's and honest. and look at the Wizards roster that they put out there. Okay, they, right. He, he, he was dominating not, Mo Wagner. Uh, no offense to which, Mo. Yeah, so. he's not a bad player, but I, again, I mean, it was a. Yeah, it's it's not like it the, wasn't the Joel Embiid. It's like, you know what? It was fun to watch. We haven't seen basketball. We haven't oh, watched basketball it. in so long. It just well, I was, loved it. It's fun and to I smile, think, you know? I think this is, you know, like you said, Wendy, he was at one point considered a top 10, if not top five type of talent in the draft. And I think we at least saw, hey, this is a seven foot two dude with some athleticism, some skills, obvious shot blocking uh, instincts. Um, you know, there, there's at least lottery type potential in a dude that the, the Nuggets drafted in the middle of the second round and basically stashed for a year on a two-way deal. Well, you know, so um, you know, it's all upside for the, for the nuggets. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Sam Hinkie used to get lightly mocked or maybe even heavily mocked by some for, for drafting guys who were, who had been injured, you know, um, Nerlens Noel and Joel Embiid, um, you know, the last two drafts, mm-hmm. Tim Connolly, the president, the team president, he, he drafted Michael Porter jr. at, who had back problems and immediately had another back surgery. And then he drafted bull bull. You know, the thing about Tim Connolly, the reason he's now has a, uh, a, a an executive tree with uh, Arturis uh, Knishevis getting um, the job in Chicago is because how great of a job they've done drafting since he's been there. He's only had one top five pick, which right. was a failure, which was uh, Emmanuel Moutier. Um, and, uh, while he did trade the pick away, that could have been Donovan Mitchell. I think that's important to find out. And also the Rudy Gobert one. They've done a great job drafting for two franchises. (laughs) That's right. Uh, (laughs) good point. Um, they, you know, they drafted Yusuf Nurkic, uh, Jamal Murray, uh, who was was the highest pick. I think they had seven. Yeah. Uh, Gary Harris. Yeah. Will um, Barton. Will, they grab, will no, no, like Monty you, Morris, Jokic some of those guys. Round. I mean, enough said. Yeah, um, well, we haven't even got to Jokic yet. Jokic, Monty Morris, um, Tory Craig, right? Did they draft Tory Craig? He, I think they scooped him up after a stint in Australia, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, I mean, they just have a good, but, eye for but it's still, you know, it's great front office work, kind of discovering um, an unknown gym. Right, and 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 just taking calculated risks, um, which you know, for, for you know. You know, he signed his big signing was um, was uh, Paul Millsap. You know, it's a great signing. Worked out. You it know. was such a good signing that they, and because I don't think anyone, I don't think the original plan was to re up with him for this year that we're, we're in the middle of now. And but he was so important to them, they they had to. Yeah. Tim, you know, Tim is a guy that I have known. I mean, we're not particularly close, but Tim. I met Tim in 2001. He was a scout for the Wizards, scouting the Mid-American Conference, and I was at a game, and he came to scout Chris Kamen. Um, and so, you know, he made his bones, you know, combing the, the, the hinterlands for players. So, and that's why the Nuggets are where they are. Wow. Very um, well-respected. He's so well-respected, Tim yeah. is. And a, and a good guy. Um, so anyway... Uh, you know, bowl bowl, just, you know, it may be something we may not talk about bowl bowl again for nine months, but today was, uh, was a day to, to, to talk about him. Um, something, uh, the other story today that I thought was amazing and I'm Zach Lowe wrote it and I am, I want to pull the story up here because there was some amazing coded language in this story. 
So um, Alex Caruso uh, of the Lakers, um, he really wanted to go to his, his sister Megan's wedding last Saturday. And, you know, I'm sure when she scheduled the wedding, she thought July 18th, it's not during the playoffs. It's mm-hmm. not during summer league. Alex will be able to be there. And he talks about how close they are, his brother and sister. And he really wanted to go to the wedding. The wedding was in uh, in outside Austin. It must have been f- kind of far outside Austin. I'll, I'll tell you why in a minute. But he really wanted to go. And he was even willing to charter a plane to go do it, which my guess was probably to go from Orlando to Austin and back. My guess is that would cost between 30 and 40,000. Now, maybe somebody on the Lakers has a hookup where you could get less than that. But my point is it's not cheap. And, you know, uh, he is an NBA player, but he is not making, he's making 2.7 million. So, you know, it's, it, it, I, I think his sister probably would have just wanted the check for 30 grand would be my guess. But the point is, is that he really wanted to do it. And, but McMahon, you know the COVID situation. And so the NBA, and this is all described by, by Zach in his story, the NBA, you know, they will give you an excused absence, but they're going to ask you questions about, the, about where you're going. And if you have an excused absence and you get tested every day while you're gone, you can come back and if you can leave te- tested negative, you can come back after four days. So if he was gone on, you know, Saturday and came back on Sunday, he would be able to come back for, you know, the end of this, the Lakers scrimmages and certainly be back for the start of their season. But when the NBA started asking questions, he was like, well, yeah, it's a hundred person wedding. Oh, okay. That's kind of a big wedding for, uh, for COVID. Um, and, in uh, Texas right now in Texas and right. in and indoors. Yeah, it's a lot. And then, and then it's amazing. It's allowed. It's amazing. It's allowed. Well, What's going on with that state of yours? So Boy, then, don't, so don't get me started. He, this is one of, again. There are some amazing quotes in the story. I'll get to some in just a second. But hold on. So he was asked about. He said he just watched a bunch of videos. By the way, he he couldn't FaceTime it because the service wasn't good enough. I mean, Texas. My guess is they're out in the hill country. Yeah, but you know. I've been to the Hill Country. I've had service. It must have been way out in the Hill Country. Um, so here's what he said about when he watched videos. He was like, well, there were some people that should have had masks on that didn't. I would say about 75% of them had had them on. Texas and Florida, they can kind of be their own countries at times. Some people just like to do their own thing. I So basically what happened was the NBA was like, look, Alex, you can go to this, but you know we're probably not going to be able to put you on a four-day quarantine. We're probably yeah, going to have to put you on a high-risk situation, going to a coronavirus <laughs> hotbed for an indoor wedding with triple-digit people. Okay, so this is what was remarkable. So he goes to talk to Anthony Davis and LeBron about this. All right, and now let's keep in mind that. The Lakers are down guards. Avery Bradley has gone. Um, and now Rondo has broken his hand. Mm-hmm. Caruso's, uh, by the way, Caruso and LeBron, I have some numbers here that I got to use on the jump today that I didn't end up using because this 
segment got cut, but I'm going to, I'm going to feature it. You know that, you know, and I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that two man lineup data is the uh, be all end all. Um, but the LeBron Caruso duo has outscored opponents by 20.8 points per 100 possessions this year. Um, 115 offensive efficiency, which means per 100 possessions, when they're on the court, they score 150, 115 points. 94 defensive efficiency, which means per 100 possessions, when they're out there together, they give up 94 points. Uh, That's how, a, how many minutes did you say? Um, they've played at least 300. It's the best okay. two-man That's lineup in the entire course. NBA yeah, to play at enough. least 300 minutes. Um, the, the second best lineup, by the way, is uh, is Eric Bledsoe and Giannis. Okay, so you know, so Caruso and LeBron, like during the season, like Laker fans were like, "Stop playing Rondo, start playing Caruso." You know, not a um, bad point. So, so okay, so he goes to LeBron and and AD, and here's what Caruso said. Uh, this this quote is gorgeous, and I just want to commend um, Alex for saying this and being very delicate. They supported my decision either way, Caruso said. They also helped me realize how important I am to what we are trying to do here now that Avery didn't make it and Rondo hurt his hand and that there is some added responsibility. (laughs) Mm, Can you imagine how that conversation went? <laughs> LeBron oh, might have said, "Like, hey, listen, man, I know it's your sister. I know it's she only gets married once. But what are you doing? <laughs> You're not <laughs> going anywhere." And he yeah. didn't. And he didn't. I feel bad for him. You know, I mean, um, he and I have talked. He has a connection to Omaha. His family is from here. He comes back every summer for the College World Series. Not this summer. Um, I, I just find the story amazing, Jackie. Yeah. Well, it's just. Just it's getting to the nitty gritty here now, you know, and now that's what, that, that's what LeBron said, I think I think so, too. And, you know, if maybe if Avery Bradley hadn't hadn't made the decision he had, maybe if Rondo, you know, maybe the Lakers could feel a little different, a little more magnanimous about the nuptials. But it's just I think and that's why I was saying, you know, when we did that factor fiction thing, I don't know if you I forget who I had to do it with, but. Fact or fiction, this is LeBron's best shot, or you know, is LeBron gonna dominate or some question like that? And it's like, of course he's going to, because nobody in the league, nobody understands the mental gymnastics of what it takes to win better than LeBron. There's not one current player in the league that's better at it than him. I will stand by that. He has the mental temerity, the mental tenacity, and knows exactly what it takes. And it begins with just a focus, right? This you you've got to be almost like have tunnel vision, and so all this other stuff. I, I'm sure at some point LeBron's like, dudes, I know we're in Orlando, I know everybody's fishing, whatever, but remember why we're here. Every team needs to be having that conversation with their players. I wonder if Caruso went to uh, Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith and asked their advice, <laughs> and if ah, so, what, what it would have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just I I just talk about wanting to be a fly on the wall. Yeah, no kidding, huh? You know, I have to say, did you guys um, check out what they did with the courts today? By the way, the fact we've even gotten to today, no positive uh, tests Mm. earlier this week. Incredible. Um, The bubble has been formed. Now, whether the bubble can stay connected, that's a different question. The bubble has been formed. They've gotten the virus out. Um, 
you know, maybe not everybody is thrilled with the food, but they're feeding everybody. Everybody's got everything that they need. There's been MRIs, there's been x-rays, there's been, everybody's getting their treatment. Everybody's getting in the right places. All the equipment is there. Um, the media is there. I mean, there's complaining here and there and, and not, not everything's going to be perfect, but what an accomplishment just to get to this point. I mean, it, it's got a hold to, to be worthwhile, but I mean, by the way, nobody wants to hear complaints about the food, especially from Troy Daniels, who, who even remembered he was in the league. <laughs> well, he was the only guard active on the Nuggets. Oh well, yeah. But like when he complained about the food, it's like, I was like, oh yeah, Troy Daniels. on. I didn't realize he was on the, like, Troy Daniels, shut up and cash a check, dude. I mean, like you know, I uh, I am is uh, is uh, I hold the NBA's feet to the fire as much as anybody. Uh, well, I am here to say, it's just amazing. Um, Dave Weiss, who is uh, the one of the guys who is leading this whole effort, um, a guy in the in the uh, you probably have never heard his name, who's in the um, hierarchy of the league office, who's like the COVID czar. And everything, uh, Byron Spruell, who is the head of operations, um, the amount of work that went into this is just amazing. But do you guys see um, the way the courts are set up? They they don't want them to have empty stands, so they've 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 encircled the court in in backdrops. And for each team, that's the home team, they have plastered their logos. And they're like today. I was watching the Clippers uh, game, and they had, like you would see in the Staples Center, uh, L A R way. Their their branding, their logos. You know, they were featuring, you know, their um, some of the stuff that they were doing, like uh, you know, featuring Doc Rivers and stuff like that. Like, there's a lot that's been put into this. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. If only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast. The truth is, all the lift big, get big, and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting. And starting is what matters most. It's everything. Wherever you're beginning and wherever you want to be, Peloton encourages you to just start. With thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can, even if that's just a 10-minute low-impact class, they have those too. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. It's been, listen, you know, what Adam said it himself, we're going to try to create a bubble. If it pops, it pops. But let's just try to create the bubble first. So to your point, it's a huge step forward. And there are so many moving pieces. It's hard to imagine it's going to stay this way the whole time, right? But but it's a but it's look they've they've what compared to the NFL, where where players are going to show up and then go home to their mm-hmm. families and have dinner. I mean, how on earth is that going to work? Well, That's compared to MLS, you know, where the I mean, the biggest concern was 
obviously you're bringing guys in from from all over the the country, players, staffers, everything. And so, what's the first week? You know, because guys can test negative but still be carrying it and just not be to the point where they're positive yet. What's the first week or so going to be like? Where MLS had some serious problems. You know, they had to basically sit, tell some teams, okay, hey, you got to go. Um, and so to get through this first week batting a thousand, I mean, that's uh, a tremendous accomplishment, also extremely fortunate. Yeah. So um, the the one you know the one thing that has just been a little bit you know, been a downer is that you know Zion had to leave. Uh, the Pelicans, um, you know, came out with a statement today saying that Zion is is indeed tested every single day since he's been gone and is tested negative, which is code for, you know, if he's able to come back, which is what the Pelicans think. And, you know, in talking mm-hmm. to some people, they really do think he's going to come back. Uh, whatever he's dealing with, you know, I, I hope, it, hope it's all okay. I, you know, I don't know. Um but it was, it's code for, hey, he's he's on track for a four-day quarantine when he comes back. Um, but the league has to ask questions about that, too. And that was one of the things that was in that Zach Lowe story was they asked a whole bunch of questions about about Caruso, where he was going, you know, deciding whether he was going to be excused or not. The league will have to ask a bunch of questions about where Zion's been and stuff like that. And that it's more than just hey, you've tested negative. The league has to decide what sort of risk situations you've been in as well. Do you, um, right. do you think the same exact standards would be <laughs> there for Caruso or Zion? Oh, only well, 99 people? Okay, hey, you're good. <laughs> 76% were wearing masks? Okay, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think they got to do what's right for the bubble. Right? Yeah, but, you know, it's one of those things where Knock on wood, this this doesn't happen. But if a team has the outbreak, uh, has an outbreak, I think the standard for sending the Lakers home would be a little bit different than the standard for sending the Wizards home. I don't I mean, that's, see how that's, it can be. I don't see how it can be. I don't feel like I'm going out on on too thin of a limb with that one. Well, right. So just give me an example of what you mean by that. I'm saying that the Wizards are a hell of a lot more expendable than the Lakers. I'm saying okay, but that so let's say three Lakers get test positive, three Wizards test positive. What the Wizards are probably gone. The Lakers, I don't think they are. Hmm. I don't. I don't and, know if and, the magic and, and number is. I don't know. I think if the I'm magic, calling shenanigans on. That I think. Man. I think. I think there's a reason that the NBA and Adam Silver have been very non-committal about what exactly that threshold would be, because I think that's based, number one, I think they're figuring it out on the fly. Number two, I think it's based on circumstances, because as much as you know, they can come out and say stuff that sounds great, they can come out and say, for example, it's about the data, not the date, and then still end up, okay, we've got to get <laughs> they, this they thing punt, in. They, and, they and went and to the, punt formation on that sucker. Oh, boy. Hey, okay, <laughs> it's about the data in Florida, which is battling Texas, yeah. neck and neck with Texas for the you know epicenter you know, of the pandemic silly, right now. Silly, silly me. I mean, I was pessimistic on this happening because I thought that the data was going to matter. I was looking at the data saying, no, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And then they go, yeah, actually, no, we decided to move it's, the goalposts. It's not about the data. It's about the date because it's about the dollars. And let me tell you, the Lakers would influence the dollars a hell of a lot more than the Wizards. So, I Jackie, I don't. Dollars a lot more I, than Alex Caruso. I don't know if the magic number is three. I don't know if they know what the magic number is. Right. 
I think we would all like to believe that the that the rules would be applied the same. I have to agree with McMahon, and this is a star system. Uh, and they're well, starting to star. That'd be pretty hard to explain to your players' union. That's all I'm saying. No, uh, because they're pretty interested in the bottom line too. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot more average players than elite players in the players' union. Yeah, and the average player's income is going to be based in large part on how much revenue is generated in the bubble. It's a business. Yeah. I know it's a business, but I, man, I, I don't know. Well, well, hopefully we don't have to worry about it. Hopefully I know it, it, I really, it's a scenario I really that doesn't occur, but yeah, I, I think that would they they'd get themselves in some pretty hot water. I think thing. the I think the Wizards might do in that situation. The Wizards might make the decision for them. Yeah, won't even put it on. Yeah. The um, yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm enjoying basketball being being back. I'm enjoying these scrimmages. We're gonna be seeing stuff and um it's a relief it's it's just it's it's and by the way uh, i was watching bowl bowl today at like three o'clock uh, central get used to afternoon basketball i know uh oh uh, it's so hard though isn't it it's just hard yeah well, well i don't know if i'm prepared to watch 12 hour basketball every day on day on end but um you know there so are many more people ways are- to make a living so that's true. So many people are working from home. I don't know if productivity is going to go down because we're going to have midday basketball for a lot of folks. Um, so, all right. Thank you uh, so much, Jackie. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Andrew Hahn. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great end of your week. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.